0: Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
1: I used to have so many men. for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: That's right. That's right, right, right. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone, and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come dropping gems. Dropping gem.
3: Welcome back. This is episode 21 of Dropping Gems and I am Debbie Brown. Thank you for joining me again. Let's talk about sensuality, sexuality, and the roles they play in our journeys to healing ourselves and experiencing the fullest lives possible. I had a really, really incredible experience recently with who is going to join join the show in just a bit as my special guest. But first, I really wanna tap into my original belief system about sexuality. I've been doing so much processing and giving so much thought to the way that I've experienced sexuality in my life at different points of my life. And the way that I experience my own sensuality and the way in which I allow myself to experience joy, pleasure, and intimacy in all things and in all moments. So when I really think about sexuality and how it was presented, if I look back to my younger self, I realize how ill-equipped for the world I was. I learned mostly about sex through school, which meant it was kind of sped through by my teacher, and everybody in class was laughing about it, or it felt weird or very embarrassing, a little shameful. I started experiencing and and exploring my thoughts around when I lost my virginity and what that experience felt like to me, or when I was with new partners, what that meant to me, or what I thought that meant about me, and how often... I didn't necessarily know how to advocate for myself or wasn't always getting my needs met in a way that felt honoring to me. And so that's one side of the coin, right? That's us exploring our sexuality and what it meant to us then and what it means to us now or the way we experience sex with ourselves or with a partner. But then there's another side of the coin where healing of the womb for women, really coming into that space where we are purging any trauma, any seeds that were planted there, either ancestrally or through partners you may have been with, or through maybe a little negligence and nonchalance with ourselves, this whole other side of the coin of the energy work and the excavation we can do and the self-inquiry we can have about our precious parts and about the sensuality that resides deep inside of us that is always looking to feel more free. You know, some conversations that are coming to the surface now that are really exciting in the metaphysical and wellness world are really anchored around the understanding of the divine masculine and the divine feminine and those two polarities exist inside each of us. So every woman has a divine masculine and a divine feminine, and every man does too, and we are meant to experience both. But what I've come to know through my own research, my own experiencing, and also through powerful conversations with different psychologists and therapists, you know, for so many women, we take on more of a masculine energy because we needed to to survive. So what that could look like is just having hypervigilance over yourself or feeling like you had to be the only caretaker of self, that you couldn't or didn't naturally want to allow help from other people, that everything was your burden to bear. A lot of that came up in us because of false programming, both patriarchy. Systemic racism, all of the ways in which women have been oppressed throughout human history, and also just us believing that our worth was really forged in our pain or how much pain we could tolerate or in our resilience. You know, so many women have been placed without their permission on a path of martyrdom because we didn't know there was another way. So when we are led to believe that we are only necessary or powerful or important based on the role that we're playing or how we show up for other people, it doesn't allow us to feel really safe inside of our own bodies. And it doesn't allow us to experience ourselves with the softness and the ease that we deserve. I believe, you know, so many of us got a very limited view, of the power of our own sensuality and sexuality, the power of orgasms in your life. So much of it was based on ways in which women were presented on TV and film or ways women were presented in pornography that wasn't actually natural or authentic to the human experience and definitely didn't allow for women to feel empowered in an authentic way inside of their own bodies in a way that was led with their own sovereignty, in a way that was led with their own pleasure at the forefront, or in a way that was led with just a joy for their bodies, the ability to be intimate, even in a non-sexual way, the ability to just be deeply present with ourselves and others where we are feeling fully seen and fully heard and cared for. I think this is especially true when it comes to women of color, to the BIPOC community. These kind of thoughts, these kind of feelings, they do affect really all women. But for so many women that are of color, we've also only seen the world and feminine sexuality or sensuality through the veil or through the experience of whiteness which is also so different. Our bodies look different, right? Your private areas look different. Um, The relationship dynamics look different. The way you're received in the world looks different. What is considered beautiful is different. There's a false sense of unworthiness that we can have with our bodies based on influences that have nothing to do with God and that have nothing to do with us. And so I'm really intrigued by this. And I've been doing quite a bit of deep dive and study around this. And I've been really building some beautiful relationships and friendships, centering around some of this beautiful work you can do to become free in this area and in this way. So in this moment, now that I'm on the other side of some of it, I had a really, really beautiful experience with the guest I'm bringing on the show, who is a master of sexology work, among other things. I had a beautiful experience spending time with her where she's based in Mexico and really learning all of this work of self, really learning how to tap into the deepest parts of your sensuality and how to really be free and uninhibited in every single way possible. How to develop a relationship of seduction with the world. How to develop a sense of knowingness and power within yourself and how you manifest in the world. And how to really activate that beautiful womb energy that so many of us thought was just to hold babies or to allow our partner's entry to really utilizing that space for our highest good as one of our greatest, if not the greatest, tools of manifestation that we have in our life. So in this moment, I would consider myself a woman that is healed, that is whole, that is wildly free in so many ways, that is sensual, that is sexy, that is loving, that is compassionate, and that has the ability to attract and manifest any and everything that I desire at the deepest level that is for my highest good and the highest good of all concerned. So I'm really excited today to get into the meat of this show and introduce you to someone that is incredibly special in my life, whose work I think is one of the most transformative things you could ever do with your life as you're on this journey. So when I started to notice that a lot of questions were coming up for me or just investigation of thought was really deepening and really coming forward, I was kind of energetically and cosmically connecting the dots. You know, I'd have this thought where I was really exploring like what is my past with being sensual, with being sexual, how do I experience myself, how do I feel when I am observing ways that I may have behaved or partners that I may have been with previously. Um, And so I'm the kind of person, I know you guys get this already, uh, but I like to do the work. (laughs) I don't like to just say, oh, yes, I'm doing the work and the journey. You know, I'm very research-based, very much so. I'm someone who really likes to blend the world of spiritual, but also really understanding rationally how my mind my heart, my body receive information and receive healing. And so trauma study has been something that's really important to me. And somatic experiencing, I think body work is so, so important to really dissolving trauma on your spiritual path and in your journey. And so I one of my amazing girlfriends, um, she and I were speaking one day and she leaned forward and she, she said to me, I have to tell you something that I've done. And, you know, me, I leaned in quickly and I'm like, girl, what? Tell me, what are we into now? What are the things? (laughs) And she told me um, that she actually had found someone in Europe that did some really beautiful work for her around clearing her womb and healing her womb. And when we say specifically things like that, because we're going to be talking to her quite a bit, you know, really deepen your understanding of what your womb means to you. I know we've heard the word and we were taught that the womb is, you know, what makes the baby, what holds the baby, what births the baby. But your womb is really that, you know, beautiful sacral chakra. That's the core of your manifestation. That is the place from not with, not just which life comes forth, but the birth of your ideas, the experience of God, the deeper experience of yourself. And so when she started telling me some of the ways she had been exploring her womb, I said, I got to get me a piece of this. (laughs) And so I started researching and a very wonderful dear friend of mine named Dr. Sheila, uh, I told her what my intention was that I really wanted to do some womb healing. And I really wanted to do some work in my sacral chakra and really experience a deeper level of sensuality within myself. And so she and I booked a trip to go to Mexico. We went to this amazing, amazing little town called Sayulita, which I'll be talking about a little more deeply on another episode, Um, but it was an incredible experience. And while there, I got to meet the amazing woman that you will be hearing from today, Simone Farshi. A goddess on earth, an angel incarnate, (laughs) a woman who is dedicated to helping women embrace the fullness of their bodies and their sensuality and their yonis. And so without further ado, I would like to introduce you right now to the amazing Simone Farshi. So Simone Farshi is a sex and intimacy coach serving women, men, non-binary individuals, and couples in California and throughout the world. After traveling throughout the world and birthing her son, she realized the importance of developing one's connection to self and to the feminine collective. So she continued her studies as a certified vignette a yoga teacher, certified life coach, as well as trained as a doula, meditation leader, somatic practitioner, and a sexology body worker with Betty Dotson. Simone is the founder of The Pleasure Plus, an online community and membership that brings women together to access deeper intimacy and to build confidence through somatic embodiment practices, ancient rituals, and neuroscience in a safe and inspiring container where we can communicate confidently and openly about our desires and needs. In that space, they come together to learn how to have fulfilling and emotionally intelligent relationships, to be empowered and secure in their bodies, and to be authentically themselves, trusting their decisions, and having more time to do what they really want, becoming more magnetic, radiant, and fulfilled, in all aspects of their lives. Welcome to the show, Simone. Thank you, Debbie. I'm so honored to be here. I am so happy that you're here. You were in town visiting, and I said, Hold up, you have we've got to share this. We've got to talk about this. So tell me first, you know, this is a time that's never been. And I'm really interested to hear from healers that I have on the show you know, how have you been experiencing these last eight months from that healing and spiritual practitioner point of view? And what have you noticed as maybe some of the gifts of this global pandemic in your life and in your work? That is a great question. And
5: for me, um, these last few months have really been dropping into my body. And from that place with all of the things that I've studied, I feel like this time has been a blessing. It's mm. been a time to super deeply connect with one's intention and one's purpose and one's connection with self. and also in relationships and intimacy.
3: Yeah, so when you say drop into your body for everyone listening, can you expand on that? Yeah, so I work somatically.
5: So all the work that I do, um, you know, like sex therapists, you would sit down and talk with about what's going on and then you would get some information and practices to go and do at home and it's all verbal. But what I do, it's all a real-time practice. So everything is in the body. And that's just slowing down and paying attention to your breath, um, your posture, your movement, the tone of your voice, um, all of those things. That's being mm. in your body.
3: And I think I, I love that you explained it that way so beautifully because, you know, a lot of times we can do this work. And we'll talk about this quite a bit, but it stays in as more of an intellectualization, which means it stays in your head. So yeah, you might be able to recite it, you might even be teaching it with others or sharing it, or you might, it might make perfect sense to you on a cerebral level. But without the somatic experiencing, um, you're not able to embody, which means that you don't become that, right? You can position yourself With that knowledge, many different times, but you're not really feeling, living, and breathing out of that healedness, out of that wholeness. And so, for me, you know, when I think of that in terms of mindful practice, you know, in real time, if I'm upset about something, literally in the second it's happening, I take a moment, I close my eyes, I do some breathing, I check in with my heart, and I might say, How are you really feeling right now? And then something comes up. And then you're able to experience it and process it in that moment so you dissolve it. And I guess uh, another way to position that would be, I think, visually, so you won't end up in the shower later going over that conversation and playing it out in a bunch of different ways. That's kind of how it manifests in even such a bigger way in your life, but yeah, you won't be sitting there obsessing over things that happen or making judgments about yourself or, you know, agonizing about some of the smaller details.
5: Yeah, it's so true. When we're truly embodied and we have that muscle memory, we get those very clear messages and there's not really any other choice (laughs) when you're really connected.
3: Help us understand this beautiful journey that you've been on. Um, What made you start this work? Oh, that question.
5: Yes. What brought me to right now? Um, I've been thinking about this question and I feel like it's like all my life's experiences has led me to right now and and this dharma and this purpose that I am living in this moment and so lucky to be able to share. you know, I grew up in a small town, and it was a primarily white town. I'm I'm Persian, so um, and I will say that like just being a child, you know, I've always been pretty connected to my sensuality and mm. my body, and just curiosity and a love for adventure. Um, so, growing up like that, being really free in my mind, and then coming to like, I don't know, middle school and high school, and very quickly being shamed um, for the way that I dressed or just purely the way that I looked like being Persian, having these halfway open, sleepy, dreamy eyes. Um, <laughs> it was like, oh, she's sexy or she's trying to get some attention. And oh, wow. So that turned into this kind of like disconnection with that sensual power or that sensual feminine wisdom that I think we you know we all have um, in us and it, it and it's such a pure and beautiful thing that we all have that we're all born with, um, but it's society that that starts to shape us and dim that light um, that we all have, and so that's what happened to me. You know, over time I became a bit disconnected and trying to fit the mold of what you know I thought I was supposed to be or disconnect from my beauty or my pleasure Mm. and from there um you know I I think I just was a little bit misaligned from from where I was supposed to go and and then that like that Um, etched into so many things you know I etched into the kind of relationship that I wanted to have I was always like fantasizing about these movies that we see and this like romantic idea of um, a husband and Mm. a relationship and I was seeking that but because I was um, I was raised by a single mom I didn't have a great example of what like healthy love was and what a relationship was so long story short (laughs) kind of I um, you know I I had a few like failed relationships and then um, eventually after having my son and that not working out with his father because of lots of miscommunication and dishonesty and like trying to be connected to my sensual power but not really fully aligned with it I had to do a lot of healing and soul searching after Mm. that. And from that, that's when I went deep into the studies of somatics, of yoga, of being in my body, of meditation, of working with women. And eventually that brought me to feeling free and feeling back in my body, feeling empowered with my sensuality. And from that place, I it was able to connect with like one of the most beautiful loves of my life. And because I was in such a place of deep healing, I was not I was not willing to be anything other than myself. And mm. so was he. And he was at this place too in this journey of his life. So we met each other authentically. And we said, we love each other deeply. We want to experience love and be in a relationship, but we don't want to stop exploring ourselves. And so we had a beautiful, open, long-distance relationship for about four years, and I learned so much about healing the shame that I had received all the years prior. I learned how to have um, communication, vulnerability, authenticity, um, all of the things that were not taught growing up and how to have a healthy, Mm. long, loving relationship, and yeah, this made me feel so many things. And it basically put me on the path of continuing to study how to share and how to teach women and men and everyone to like a roadmap and how to connect with your own desires and your authenticity so that you can can create the life that is uh, meant for you.
3: Yeah.
5: Wow. Yeah. I just want to say after this um, like relationship that I was, because it was open, it was like, really a, a time for me to connect with my back with my sexuality. So mm. I was able to, you know, date other men and still have a partner that I shared all the things that were going on um, with and feel super safe in that space. I was like, my my partner um, supported me and being like, really in my body, really sexual, really passionate, and being a lover. So I got to practice like what it's like to share that to myself with him and with friends. And Mm. that spurred this desire to learn more and more about um, my body and I realized how much women don't really know um, about their own body and their own capacity for pleasure.
3: Why do you think that women don't know about their bodies and their capacity for pleasure? Well,
5: historically we're just not really we're not
3: invited to learn about our bodies. Yeah. We like, I've sat in really deep thought about this recently. And I, it, you know, the thing that I want to know I want to know who the first man was who decided he was against women and then talked all the rest of them into being the same and then decided to write history without women. Like, who did it? Where was the shift? This was thousands of years ago because when we look back historically, even when we think of women that were left out of the Bible, like there's not any there are not any real title characters in the Bible outside of perhaps Mary, you mm. know, and it's interesting because that's that's our oldest history, you know, but when you think about all of the women that are left out of all of the books, right, and you think about the history of men really using women as just like receptacles,
1: like Mm -hmm. just like,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, like fluid dumpsters, like Mm -hmm. just like, all right, you know, I need to get what I need. But Mm -hmm. women have always been trained to not even be able to say the word vagina or Mm -hmm. vulva Mm -hmm. or pussy or anything Mm -hmm. or yoni, right? Like you have this, you can be a grown woman and still get the giggles about talking about your private parts, you mm-hmm. know, talking about your genitalia. And it's like, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then that makes us feel like we should be ashamed of ourselves or like there's something that is silly about it or a little gross about it or ugly about it, right? And mm-hmm. it's like when we really sit and think about that, and I invite everyone listening to spend some time and thought about this later, but it's like, well, who taught me that? Who, when did I pick that up? And when I kind of search my own memory banks, it wasn't, you know, a particular person. It wasn't in my personal life. It wasn't that someone told me that my body was wrong. But it was in everything you see everywhere, right? In every movie, when they're having sex for two minutes, and then she supposedly comes, and he comes, right? Or every time, you know, people talk about, yeah, I just fake it. And then you're like, oh, so maybe like, that's just not in it for me. Maybe I can never orgasm during sex or maybe his pleasure is more important and I'll focus on me later. Every time you've had to act or you've embellished how your body felt, right? Because you may have seen porn and you're saying, well, that's how they have sex when they have porn. So let me just act that out. you know. And it's like every porn we've ever seen is a woman where no one is concerned about her pleasure, where you know her body is really just used as a means to an end or objectified, or her sounds are unnatural. Nobody sounds like that. Or her body movements are unnatural, or she's not making sure, you know, to get what she needs, or they're not actually looking at each other or touching each other. Entire generations of people, because we don't learn about this stuff at home get all of their understanding of what sex should be from movies and from porn you know like like the every time someone has sex i love you i remember thinking you were supposed to say that yeah you know like that that wasn't that that was just part of it so it's just it's, it's so interesting when we really and again this is always what i'm gonna say here and everywhere when we step outside of ourselves to just be curious observers of our lives and not in judgment, we can look at that really clearly and realize we've always been enough. It's not us. And it's okay to not know things about our bodies and not know things that we like, but we have the opportunity to learn.
5: Yeah, that's so beautifully said. And it's, it's so true. We're so disconnected from down there. And I hate even saying down there, because that's what so many women right. refer to. Where the sun don't
3: shine <laughs> yeah. down there. It's yeah. It's like,
5: you know, take some time and connect with that that intimate space that is so beautiful and is so diverse. And yeah, I mean, so one of the first experiences that I had with uh, Volvo Mapping was with Betty Dodson, um, who just passed recently, but she is an amazing pioneer of feminism. And um, her whole thing was uh, showing up uh, naked in a room full of women and unclothing and showing each other, our, our yonis, our pussies. <laughs> because
3: we are not given an accurate- Paint that picture for everyone really quick. What does that look like to come into a space? And if you guys get time, please look up Betty Dotson. She's actually a phenomenal, phenomenal woman and pioneer of embracing orgasm and using it as tools for manifestation and radiant youth and beauty and pleasure. Uh, but at, at something like that, when like these women groups happen, um, what does that look like walking into a room and disrobing with a room full of women you don't know? Oh my god! And gosh. how does it feel seeing other people's genitals? It is,
5: it surprisingly feels so natural. Mm. <laughs> so natural and so normal because we you know we're clothed all the time. We're putting shields and veils and you know, what we think we should look like up on us all the time. So walking into a space of women that are just as naked and vulnerable as you, it is beautiful and it's reminiscent about, you know, like ancient feminine, deep, empowered wisdom. And then you realize that your body is so different. Everybody's body is so different and uniquely and amazingly so, right? Of course. Mm.
3: So then when you guys are doing – and I say I'm gonna get tra- a little specific with some of the the definitions because I know this is an audio format, so we have to visually paint the picture. And I know this work is really foreign to so many people. Like there, there's a small handful of people that do the work that you do globally. Mm-hmm. A small handful globally. Like this is a very, very, even though this is ancient work, It's a very new practice for people to be talking about it or even know that there is possibility to heal and grow in this way. Um, So when you're doing, so some of the words, some of the things that happen in this process are like the vulva mapping, pleasure mapping, yoni massage. Can you break down for me how some of that works?
5: Yeah, so pleasure mapping is really just mapping your body, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. It's just mapping your body for what feels pleasurable. Uh, We really desensitize ourselves so much of the time, and we we don't have a clear understanding of what we actually want or desire. Or we've learned to only respond to what our partner's likes and wants are. And this creates a huge disconnection in our body and for long-term pleasure. (laughs) And also just in attracting what we want in our our bigger purpose in life. so yeah some of this this work for me has been just like connecting with what is my desire and once i'm connected to that and my pleasure then everything is effortless everything just unfolds effortlessly into my life and vulva mapping is actually mapping your vulva so you're learning the anatomy of your vulva so many people call the vulva the vagina we've been taught you know our parents don't even know it's not actually called the vulva Mm. I mean it's not actually called a vagina it's called a vulva vulva is the outer parts um, and the vagina is the canal in which we are penetrated or which we have a baby through so just reclaiming and, and naming what our parts are so that we can be empowered by, by holding that space for each of our parts, giving them identity, and then inviting
3: pleasure and sensation to each of those parts. Yeah. Simone and I actually did that experience together. Um, and it was, one, it was profoundly beautiful. Um, It was an experience that was just truly indescribable. Like there's no point of reference for me ever feeling that closely connected to my body before. Um, Even down to like massaging my C-section scar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And experiencing like an immense amount of ancestral healing from that spot, you know. Um, And there were parts of that experience. I mean, first, <laughs> let's just say I've never done anything like that before. So I was absolutely, I felt I showed up for myself really powerfully and in a good way. Like I i was ready for the experience. So I wasn't all giggly and I wasn't all, you know, um, silly about it, but I definitely felt more vulnerable than I've ever felt. Um, I've definitely felt more <laughs> seen than I've ever felt. Uh, But it was fascinating. It was fascinating. Um, And you can do, like, external and internal mapping in that way. And just, you know, we it's hardly talked about in school, our anatomy. And when it is, again, it was presented to us most likely in the seventh grade, unless you also took further courses maybe in um, high school and college. And you kind of rush through it because everyone's giggling and everyone's like, ew, or oh. That was my experience in the seventh grade at least. And so – you know, it was actually interesting as a woman in her 30s to realize there was stuff I I didn't know what everything was called. You know, I did think the whole thing was called vagina. Like, I didn't know that that was just the birth canal or even if I had learned it, it wasn't in, you know, my conscious memory that I had access to. but it was so fascinating and some of the things that you have talked about and that you show women in this work that you do it's really this system of understanding of how our bodies even respond to pleasure mm. and how much time it actually takes like no 30 seconds of foreplay is not enough no you you know maybe touching me in this way that's not enough for me to actually have that in-body experience that I deserve to have as a woman, can you speak to that? Some of the functions of how if if someone were to be having sex with themselves or with a partner, what should the flow of that actually look like and what physically is happening to the body? as these different stages are happening.
5: Yes, that's such a great thing to talk about and understand. Um, And yeah, with that, I just wanna say like, what if we change that, you know, in the way that we learn our sex ed, what if we were able to teach our daughters and our sons how to connect with their bodies intimately, and with their heart space rather than just witnessing it on porn or witnessing yeah. it by like STDs. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it changes everything. It changes our connection to ourselves and it also changes the respect we have
3: uh, with others when we connect with them. Yeah, and the way we treat their bodies and the way we treat them as human spirits in the world as well and the way we're able. To deepen our experience of intimacy, that yeah. connection we're all really here for.
5: So yeah, so coming, understanding how the anatomy works, it's so fascinating and it's so important because you know, a female's body is not actually fully ready for penetration until she is fully aroused, which takes about 20 to 40 minutes. And when you're examining and vulva mapping your body, you understand the different parts and you understand the the entire length and capacity of the clitoris which expands and actually erects itself and you can feel that like when i do mapping with women you get to feel what your what your clitoris feels like when it's erect and then you understand like oh now i'm ready for that kind of play now i'm ready for penetration and now my body is going to secrete fluid so that things are going to feel yummy and delicious and juicy Instead of ever forcing something. And then you can also share that with your partner so they know. Like, men are not taught this either. Like, we're both in the same place of being disconnected
3: from our pleasure and our bodies. You know what comes forward for me when you say that is like, imagine how many times as women, you have been with a partner and you thought something was wrong with you, mm. or it was you. Or they may have said a comment to you of like, oh, you're not really wet, or you know, why does it hurt? And it's like no one ever told you that it might take up to 45 minutes. For you, for your body to really awaken, so that you can have this experience. Because again, we've always been the afterthought. Mm. We've always been there to serve and show up and facilitate someone else's pleasure, mm. mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, one of the many ways women are have been tricked throughout history into these martyrdom roles. You know, these roles of just I'm here to serve. I can go without this, you know, perceived strength and resilience. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting to see that interconnectedness, and you know, something that also really comes forward for me is that I that I want to be really honest with you guys and share. Um, and I actually, feel a little emotion in my chest right now saying this, so that lets me know I need to say it. But I wanted to have Simone on the show, and I wanted to be this open and vulnerable you, with you in this way. We've never talked like this with each other before. Because after beginning this work with Simone and now deep diving into more work and curriculum and reading and experiencing and self-pleasuring, I believe with all of my soul that every woman deserves this, that every woman deserves to feel like this and to know themselves in this way. And when I really think about it, I am, I am an extremely processed person. I'm very deeply processed. I've always been introspective and at least seemingly wise since I was young. Um, and I've embarked on a life path, especially the last 10 years of deep excavation. If you have heard of it, I can guarantee you I've done it. Um, I, years of therapy, years of, you know, now being someone really who has dedicated themselves to helping women heal trauma and discover the deepest parts of themselves and you know' I'm heavy deep in the mindfulness and meditation world I can say with complete certainty your work will never be complete until you do this and I say that again I can't stress this enough I am more processed than probably 99 percent of people that most people meet I am heavily processed. I'm really constantly in hot pursuit of myself, always willing to excavate and be laid bare. And even in that, I would have never reached the deepest depth of my healing and been able to expand myself to the joy and the abundance and the love that is my birthright without doing this work. Hmm. We have to nourish our wounds. We have to tap into that divine feminine power that we have been trained and forced to let go of. We have to love our bodies with reckless abandon. And we must regularly experience the greatest pleasures possible. This work is the, it's the work of the revolution. Hmm.
5: You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I mean, my life has completely transformed and just aligned, you know, like I am in my body. I am in my my feminine wisdom that I'm drawing on in myself and from from my ancestors and being able to share in a way that is that is true and connected. And when you're in that space, anything is possible. It's such amazing work. Yeah. 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 And it's pleasure, you know? Like, we need to be in pleasure. Everything should be pleasurable. Like, we should not demonize ourselves for thinking that we want to be in pleasure. <laughs> End you
3: know, that. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that there was this much pleasure available to us in the world. And I don't just mean that from, like, an orgasmic perspective, right? Like, I, I mean that deeply from wow, this is a new facet of my being. I've uncovered this new access to a deeper layer of who we are and who we can be through sensuality, through like, you know, something I, I, I've really been describing my experience as now is I, I'm seducing the universe. Mm, hmm. I feel that I am a seductress of the universe. I'm mm. seducing the gods. Mm-hmm. That's how my friend um, Sadi Simone likes to describe it. S- you know, just being in that state of everything is flirty, beautiful play. Yeah. It's retraining your mind and
5: your body on how to just feel the temperature of the air, um, to taste the sweetness of an apple in your mouth, to really slow down and have that intimate conversation with your lover or your child or your parent or your coworker. And that's really what the, the essence of this work is. It invites you to drop into that space in every way.
3: Yeah, yeah. And to that point, you know, when you're doing this womb healing and some of this pleasure work, it extends so much to non-sexual things Mm -hmm. like you are just really savoring everything whether you are at the park holding hands with your child you know whether as you said you're having like a really juicy yummy open conversation with another person um everything is felt with more intensity
5: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
3: Mm. Mm. <laughs> so tell me Simone I mean we've been we've been talking um, about some of the juiciest parts of this but what are some of the misconceptions about the work that you do because uh, I know I know y'all I know for some people especially to depending on the belief systems you were raised in your family structures you know there's a red flag going up
5: yeah definitely I mean this this goes back to you know my story about when I was younger and just being shamed for um, feeling sensual or in my body, and there is so much tabooness to to what this is, and even saying the word sex, like, sex coach, what does that mean? Like, do you have sex with people? Right. <laughs> like, no, I don't have sex with people. Um, it's not sex work, but it is intimate work. You know, you're creating a space where you're intimate, and um, it needs to be intimate in order to let those those veils unfold and for shame to disappear. We need to unearth why it is that we feel shame about those
3: words in the first place. Mm, yeah. How could someone get started on this journey?
5: Well, you know, just connecting with yourself, connecting with your body, taking time every night to nurture and create a self-pleasure practice. Everything that I teach and that I do with my clients is stuff that you can do on your own. You know, it's meant to empower you and really just creating a connection to having a um, communication with your body.
3: Your Mm -hmm. body has messages and they're very clear when you take the time to get to know it. So for someone listening that doesn't self-pleasure and feels really intimidated by by it or maybe even traumatized around it and triggered, how would someone start or supercharge their self-pleasure practice. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's
5: the first step is just thinking about, do you have one? Um, If you did have one, what would it look like? What are you doing right now? What are the habitual patterns that you've done for so long? Like, when did they start when you first started masturbating? So many of us have these patterns. It's like one single position, super quick, like get it done with. And um, how can we change that? How can we invite more pleasure? How can you invite... Different movements, uh, breath, sound, all of that stuff. Touch, dance, all the fun things into your self pleasure practice.
3: I think too, like such a big, a big thing that no one talks about because, especially women, you're not necessarily comparing notes about masturbation or you know um, self expression in that way. It's slowing down, you know. I think because so often, and we've talked about this. So often, you're so shamed with your body that you think if you do self-pleasure, you have to rush through it because Mm. you're doing it secretly with a blanket over your head, you're Mm. just trying to get to it, or you're hiding it from your partner, or you don't want people to hear. And so most people learn to self-pleasure by really truncating and restricting themselves. So you are being completely silent. You're being very hypervigilant. Your face is probably locked, like your jaw is probably pretty tight and then you are having an experience where it's almost as if your genital area is not a part of the rest of your life Mm -hmm. you know it's like this little thing that exists but you don't actually really know it you just pop it out when you think you need to Mm -hmm. and then you tuck it away again and you don't invite it into the rest of your life you Mm -hmm. don't you don't have (laughs) your yoni present in other parts of your life Mm -hmm. and slowing down is a great first way to start that you know if you self-pleasure say instead of trying to hurry and get to it in 10 minutes i'm gonna take 45 minutes right Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna put on a playlist that feels really good i'm gonna dim the lights maybe light a few candles i'm gonna give myself the romance and intimacy that i long for and make it a special space a special container and really setting the intention of, you know, I, I'm doing this so that I can know myself better, so that I can heal myself, so that I can heal through joy and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I always
5: say is, you know, if you're just practicing touching yourself so you can start with your, you know, between your wrist and your elbow and, Touch yourself in a way that feels pleasurable. Touch yourself as if your hand is that of a lover's. And mm. then take a moment and slow that touch
3: down by 50%. And just notice wow the difference. Yeah, because self-pleasure, it doesn't just mean getting to business. No, there's such a wide wide, wide, wide road of other things. Even hugging yourself is self-pleasure, mm. right? Mm-hmm. That's that's such a beautiful intimacy.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's such a misconception about orgasms. You know, we think of one, orgasms as one thing and often a reference to what we've seen in movies being this explosive, oh my gosh, I don't know, you know. Um but it's not. There's so many versions of an orgasm. So, so many women think they're broken because they think that they've never had an orgasm. And, well, that's like, I feel like a whole nother episode. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just like getting to know your body and how she likes to be touched and, you know, moved and held. And, and then exploring with all the different ways that you
3: haven't touched her before and see how that feels. Yeah. How many kinds of orgasms are there?
5: I mean, I think there's infinite amounts. <laughs>
3: But there's like full body orgasms. There's like, like, what, like, could you orgasm without? Yes, you can orgasm without even being touched. Some people, some
5: personas are so sensitive that they can just, you know, by the, by the interactions that they're having or the sites um, can orgasm without touch. There are purely vaginal orgasms. There's only clitoral orgasms.
3: There's mouth orgasms. There's so many. Mouth orgasms. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So how do you think um, now, you know, with all the work that you've done and all the different kinds of people that you've seen or the ways in which you've experienced this healing why is this work so important, especially for women of color Mm. as a tool for healing? Mm -hmm. I think this
5: is so important for all women and especially for women of color because it just connects you with your body. It connects you with your desires, your power, your intuition and it reclaims a part of us that are just we've lost touch with
3: yeah yeah gives you really the opportunity to feel safe inside of yourself yes yeah thank you for saying that yeah i think so many women of color one And especially up until recently, all women, like you've never really been able to even own your own story Mm. or speak freely about things you've experienced. There's always this expectation of how you should show for others, how you should heal others, how you should nourish others and martyr for others. And... You know what that really means is what that translates into is a feeling of not being safe inside of yourself Mm -hmm. feeling like you are a stranger to yourself Mm -hmm. um, feeling scared and anxious to even spend time with yourself alone and be with your thoughts or be with your body you know Um, there's so many tiny ways we start to betray ourselves and add to our suffering and add to the pain of our stories and our narratives that we don't even realize just because we don't know how to be at rest with us. Mm,
5: Yeah, definitely. And yeah, with this work, you get to connect with yourself and feel safe and therefore really trust the choices that you make, really trust them and be at one with them. And, you know, we're speaking about pleasure, 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 but a lot of this work is also about boundaries and how to identify what doesn't feel good so that you're super clear with that as well.
3: Oh, my gosh. I love that. Can you speak more to that?
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a huge chunk of where we begin in this journey is. How do you actually say what you don't want? You know, we as women override and tolerate so much. We're caregivers, we're mothers, we just feel like we have to carry the world on our back. So we push past our boundaries constantly. And by doing this work, you really connect with what feels good, what doesn't feel good, and what feels like meh. And all that meh (laughs) is like, that's a no.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and it, it could be interesting, everybody, and do this without judgment, but really spend time and thought of like, maybe when was I having an intimate moment with a partner and actually didn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say anything or I just thought, well, it's fine. Or you didn't like a way they were touching you, but you didn't want to correct them because, you know, you may have felt that that would have been embarrassing mm-hmm. or thrown the mood off, mm-hmm. you know. And, and how often do we really get to practice saying what we want in real time. Yeah, so
5: saying what you want and saying what you don't want, but in a way that's not from a place of trigger, but a loving, no, a loving like way to redirect, which we don't
3: ever get taught. (laughs) What would that sound like? Like if, if you're with a partner right now and the way they were touching you, it wasn't bad, but you're like, I'd just rather have, be touched in a different way. How would you vocalize that? Yeah, I would say, I appreciate your touch right there, but
5: it would feel much better if you grabbed my hips and pulled me closer, like that really turns me on. Mm. So you're appreciating what they're doing, but you're redirecting them to a place that you really like. Or if it's something that really you know, you don't like, you just say, that doesn't make me feel good in my body, I would really
3: appreciate if you touched me in this way instead. Mm. That's so powerful. Any way that we can learn boundaries, any way that we can learn to advocate for self is so important, not just for this talk that I know, you know, feels like really sexy or really sexualized or sensual, but all of these tools, especially the ones you put into play in your most intimate moments, they're the tools that are going to be able to lead your life. Mm. And you're going to be able to stand in the world with this authentic inner power and this peace and this radiance. And so I believe, you know, when we talk about mind, body, soul, we have to have the integration of all three. And so for me, the journey is not complete, no matter how many books you've read, how much therapy, how much journaling you do, you know, you also have to have the somatic experiencing. And I believe that once you've heard of this work, no woman should go without like, this is such a profoundly powerful and necessary piece of the puzzle of really coming into a place of wholeness as a woman, remembering your full wholeness. hmm You do powerful work <laughs> Thank
5: you, Debbie. Well, you know, it's not even me. That's the thing is I feel like this is just reconnecting with
3: your body. I'm just a guide. <laughs> yeah. So I'd like to, i like to end the show first, please let everyone know how they can connect with you. Cause I know people are going to be so excited to learn more and I know you have programs available on your website. So please share some of that.
5: Yes. Thank you so much. So you can go to my website, the pleasure plus, and that's the online community for women. And there I have courses, I have individualized sessions for one-on-one, um, I do the vulva mapping there, and I work in person, but I also do a lot of my work now via Zoom, so it's fully accessible. So my Instagram is at plus. Uh, my private coaching website is simonefarshi.com, and then my community and courses website is thepleasureplus.com.
3: Yeah, I highly recommend if you even feel slightly open enough to do this, if you feel ready, if you if this resonates in your heart and you're like, this is the piece. Cause that's what I heard when one of my girlfriends first told me a little bit about this journey. She was doing work with Betty Dotson and when she just revealed a small amount of what she was doing, my heart instantly knew I have to know more. This is for me. So if you're hearing that and feeling that, I really recommend that you go to Simone's website, Pleasure Plus. She has beautiful courses available, um, different entry points. So as ready as you are, there will be something available to you. And it would just be a really incredible experience to begin investigating. There's no race. There's no pressure. But there's always more that we can have. Mm -hmm. There's more available to us.
0: How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications...
3: She had a Harvard plaque
2: So, Simone, in closing, I like to end every show with what
3: I call soul work. It's a little bit of homework for the listeners uh, to take with them into the week until we meet again in the next episode. So is there something, some soul work, some homework that you can give to everyone that they can start experiencing? Yes, there is.
5: Uh, So I would invite you all tonight or in the morning or whenever you find an intimate moment with yourself to take a breath, to drop into your body, to put one hand over your heart and one hand cupping your yoni or your vulva, your pussy, whatever you call her. I definitely invite you to name her if that's something you haven't done already and just sit there. Just the act of cupping her is incredibly powerful. And from this place, if you're feeling any kind of uncertainty or if you want to receive more pleasure, just channeling that and asking her if she has a message for you. Mm. And you can do this cupping her, you can do this over your womb, on your ovaries but just asking what that message is and then receiving it. Oh, that's so
3: beautiful. And don't try to fill that space with a response of your own. Like really give it some room for depth. Mm. Really let spirit, universe bring forward, you know. um, And maybe you could even say like, what do you really want? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you really want? And I highly recommend to keep Your journal nearby get a pen and even if you don't want to write a full novel to yourself just jot down a couple bullet points of what came up for you and revisit it when you're ready beautiful thank you so much Simone thank you Debbie thank you all hey find me on social let's connect at Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Tribble and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app,